0: Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get a $40 digital BJ's gift card. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. Donica Strange-Riscano, author, speaker, and community leader, comes to you today with ReCapture, the weekly program that gives a biblical perspective on living a Christ-centered life as you walk through your recovery journey. Our focus is providing healing for the family with love, knowledge, forgiveness, and information. Welcome.
1: Hello, Sunshine. How are you doing, Essence Monet? I'm
0: well. I'm well. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing great. So excited for another uh, broadcast of ReCAPTURE. We have a lot of information on today. We have a lot of things that have been going on this week in national news, but our national news has made international news. But guess what? We won't be talking about that. Uh, we're going to be starting the new year. It's a new year. It's a new start. We- and you know what? We bring up the new year.
0: I know, I know, I wasn't here last week. You were kind of diving into some things, but I was just really pondering um, on the fact, you know that that you got you got your program started during the pandemic. I know a lot of things for a lot of people um, were put on hold or on the back burner, but you pushed forward with the vision that God gave you, despite of the circumstances. And I was just really in awe of that the other day. Um, and I really, really wanted to take my time to to, to appreciate appreciate you for that. I'm so, I'm so very proud of you and um, that you didn't let the circumstance deter you. Um, it really is a, it's a sense of motivation for me personally. And so, as you said, we're on a new year. We're still going. I, I, I lose track of how long we've been um, on air and having a podcast, but I was just like, wow, we're still going.
1: We're still going. Thank you, Essence. It's so true. Uh, delay is not denial. We we did get on the broadcast on this past year in 2020, but it had been in my heart to do for some time. But I didn't let the circumstances or things that are going on delay me. You did the groundwork. You did the research and did the things that we can do to make the program possible. And I will tell you last week, I was the same thing you did. You're telling me, giving me a shout out. I, I, get, I gave a shout out to Monica. She was our co-host last week and expert and, and we started talking about two hood girls, two girls, me and my twin sister from Houston's Fifth Ward. And uh just how God uh, did an awesome work in our lives. We tell our mother's recovery story. We tell our story of healing and forgiveness so that others can be set free too and so that others can share the message and that's what our program is gonna be about today. Amen, amen. Know it Amen. <clears throat> Uh, What do you do when you have a loved one uh, that's in addiction and they don't want to seek help? But with everything going on, I I do want to start with prayer. Um, This week, there were some phenomenal things in our country and national news. And I was up like at 3 o'clock in the morning watching, which I've never done before. I didn't never, had never Never, seen it. Really? I never, well, I'm not talking about watching the news. I mean, I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning watching the news when they were counting the electoral ballots or wherever that process is. Oh, OK. So they did literally say this state has this many electoral goes to this, goes to the president or the president. You know, they set their names and everything it was a a process. But at the end, I want to share this morning because we're going to talk talk to our listening audience. Those people that are listening today. That listen every week, and I'm going to ask you in 2021 make a commitment to commit to recapture. Get up on your Saturday morning, <laughs> get your coffee, get in the car, turn on the radio. Sometimes you got. Sometimes we ha- we we get in the car and listen. So commit. We to— We really go
0: get in the car. We do get it's,
1: in the it's, car. It's it's not the same uh,
0: listening to, um, you know,
1: on the little radio. Yeah,
0: I, I mean I, I'm a young person, so. Um once once the pod, once we have our podcast uploaded, I'm I'm listening to the podcast. So that that's my thing. And it is just easier, more convenient. But um the, the feel and vibe of radio waves is
1: yeah. It feels cool. the same every week. I say, We're on the radio. Let us start with prayer and we're gonna talk about what what um you know, God has given us for this week. The chaplain's name is Barry Black. This is not my prayer, but I thought it was a powerful prayer. It had been repeated on all the national networks and news and print and media online. And when I saw it, I was in the living room resting. But I got up and I got my phone and I recorded it with my phone. And these, this is the prayer of Chaplain Barry Black at the end of the joint session. Lord of our lives and sovereign of our beloved nation, we deplore the desecration of the United States Capitol building, the shedding of innocent blood, the loss of life and the quagmire of dysfunction that threatens our democracies. These tragedies have reminded us that words matter, and that the power of life and death is in the tongue. We have been warned that eternal vigilance continues to be freedom's price. Lord, you have helped us remember that we need to see in each other a common humanity that reflects your image. You have strengthened our resolve to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, domestic as well as foreign. Use us to bring healing and unity to our hurting and divided nation and world. Thank you for what you have blessed our lawmakers to accomplish in spite of threats to liberty. Bless and keep us. Drive far from us all wrong desires. Incline our hearts to do your will and guard our feet on the path of peace. And God bless America. We pray in your sovereign name, and I'll say in Jesus' name amen amen so today we're gonna talk about what do you do when you have a loved one that's facing an addiction issue and they don't um want to get help okay i think this is going
0: to be a very impactful and useful topic personally i know that um being being in a situation it's it's difficult you're you're balancing yourself, and your own emotions and everything going on with you and and also the, the pain of seeing your loved one in a particular place so mom what are um so you said we're going to talk about when you have a loved one in addiction and they don't want
1: to get help and they don't want to get help so what
0: would be some indications that they don't want help?
1: What what I would say is I think that what I would start with is um, you've, you've talked with them before. And I would say you have to talk to a person when they're in their sober space, when you know that that person are in, in the right frame of thinking because a, uh, drugs affects the person's brain and how they're acting and how they're functioning. Right. So I would say if you've talked to that person before, and they start making excuses. I'm going to go later. Uh, and they start doing blame shifting. What about you? You mm. do this and you do that. And then you know that they're not ready. But beyond that, you, you have to know the signs that they are possibly using right. drugs. And, and that would be a person that constantly is coming home late. They're um if they're a student that drays a gro- dropping uh or an adult missing days from work, they're lying, they have a change in their appearance, they don't have any money. Your money is disappearing. It it right. Your things <laughs> are
0: disappearing. You know these things, um it in, in my mind I always try to look at both sides of things and um and and try to understand, you know, either perspective and it just kind of makes me think well the person who's on their recovery journey or um not interested in, in having a journey to recovery at the moment if 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 you as a loved one are approaching them saying hey i've observed these things um i don't know if gaslighting would be the correct term for what their response may be and i and i i can't imagine um how that may feel for someone who is, you know, um, working towards their sobriety, right? They're working towards their sobriety. Uh, so now they, they 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 got a new job at a different employer, putting themselves in new environments. And um, some of their changes in behavior kind of, not so much as the dishonesty piece, um, but maybe coming home late, maybe they have a change in work schedule. And so I just say, with this information, also use discernment and wisdom and considering the full scope of the situation. Um, don't just automatically point fingers and don't look for the wrong, just be wise. That's, that's what I would say.
1: I think that is important to, to say use wisdom and use discernment. And as you're supporting the person on their uh, re- recovery journey, As a loved one, I I would think that the most keen thing is you know that person. Right. And a part of being accountable is that person is going to want to be accountable and say, hey, uh, my schedule changed at work. Um, Right. You know, uh, either way, you know.
0: Right. uh, Me to you. You can be forthcoming about it. Yeah,
1: me me to you, you're going to say, hey, mom, I'm getting off late tonight. Right. You know, so you don't have to make assumptions, but you are offering support of the person that's on their recovery journey but what if the person is doing the things that we have been talking about on that list? We said, they don't have any money. Your money is coming up missing. I had a, a, I heard a story and the lady said, she sat down to watch TV and the TV was gone. And those are, you know, you sit down. I mean, your things are coming up missing. Um, the person stopped showing up to events or functions. They have a change in their attitude. They have a change in friends. Um, you are concerned right. and you you search their room or their space and you've actually um you found drugs.
0: Okay, and so so you, you go um you discover the the drugs in their belongings and things like that. So I think what is also a good thing to do, um, if you have a loved one who is um who's on their journey to sobriety and recovery and they're going to be in your home, that should be, that could be one of the boundaries or expectations that you're setting initially to know. And it's not, it's not, it's like you said, it's an accountability thing. And so it's not to violate anyone's privacy or to express a lack of trust, but that trust has to be rebuilt. And so um, I think that's that's something that can be upfront so that the um, person on their journey won't feel any way when that ha- if that were to occur later.
1: Um, I, I would say that if a person is already on their journey to recovery, then their frame of mind, their mindset, is going to change. There, oftentimes, when a person is in a recovery place, we have to be careful and watchful ourselves mm-hmm. because there's lots of things that are triggers. You said, use wisdom, right. use discernment. And we want to be a support to that person. And there's some type of behaviors that your loved one that is uh, in their recovery journey uh, that may be a trigger. And that's that's just the time the person is in recovery. They're in a different frame of mind. That's just the time to have an honest conversation. And I will honestly say to you that I believe that those conversations are evolving and and maturing in a relationship because initially that person who is in recovery they might not necessarily understand what you've gone through as a heartbroken person right. who's seen that person in addiction and vice versa you may not have seen what they what they're going through or the person who's watched the loved one suffer and then the other person who's in recovery It's so, a give and take thing right but today i'm I'm kind of like speaking to that person they're not necessarily in recovery
0: right they're
1: still in the battle okay and they're yeah. still obstinate they're still struggling and so we're saying what do we do so we say we know the signs we know they're there we literally sat down to the tv and the tv's gone you've actually saw the drugs you found the drugs and right. everything oh, wow. and so um There's a a center, it says addictioncenter.com. When we see all of this happening, what do we do next? And act quickly, act with an urgency. You have to act, uh, you also have to act quickly and admit it to yourself. So get your own head out of the sand. Educate yourself to determine what place your loved one is in in their addiction and seek medical help. Stop giving the person money. Stop paying their drug debts. Yes, I've heard of that. The person doesn't want any harm to come to their loved one. They're paying drug debts. We're on Recapture Radio, but we're being truthful today. Stop doing that. But do offer support. Don't make the person feel guilty. We want to offer support. Uh, We want to offer encouragement. Um, Analyze what you're doing. Is it helpful? Is it a hindrance? But the biggest thing that I re- realized from this information I got is act quickly, act act quickly, right. and do an intervention when the person is sober and not an intervention like what we see on TV. I don't know if people would, um, you know. want to have someone uh, come over, uh, like a third party. But I will say if you've been in contact with, um, treatment programs and things like that, you can't do it for the person. The person has to do it right. They don't want to talk to you. When you call those intake numbers and stuff like that, they want to oh, talk to the person. Right, right. They yeah. have to, The person has to make that decision and walk through the doors for themselves. Right. Um,
0: I will say one thing, and I don't know if this is something that you were going to um, bring up, because I know we're winding down, and I know you're going to be getting into what the Word has to say about this. And so the one thing that came to my mind is... Um, even though you love your loved one, and you, you you don't want to see them see them in a hurt place, but you also have to safeguard and protect yourself, your own peace, your own sanity, and things of that true. nature. Um, and I I was saying I'm, I was just speaking with someone last night, and you know as a mother, I, um, well they were just explaining to me. Well, I know you're a mom, so your kids always come first. I said, no, I, I come. You know, at a certain place on the totem pole, because if I'm not good, then I can't be what my children need. And it's the same thing. If you're not at a good place yourself, you cannot be um, a well, a well rounded support to your loved one.
1: Yes, I I think it's important to say and to keep your dignity. I know you want to see the person, uh, see the agony you're going through, and you're yelling, you're screaming, you're crying, but those things just add more. I think dysfunction to the environment. So as it is true, keep uh, a firm grip on yourself and your healthiness. Um, you're looking in the mirror and you're seeing that gaunt look, the disheveled hair, and you would almost think the person was in addiction, but it's you, you oh, wow. just let yourself go down so much, you're not keeping yourself up, you're losing weight, you're gaining weight, you lost a job because you just run behind that person. So I thank you for those words of wisdom and those words of encouragement. That is true. You have to step back. You have to use wisdom. Um, Cresbury Recovery Center does say this, do not wait for someone to hit rock bottom. Oh, let's wait for them to hit rock bottom. No. There have been things like court orders. Sometimes people go to jail and they make them go to rehab. Mm -hmm. And when they get there, they get help. Someone gets the divorce. You lose the custody of a child. Even hospitalization. So we don't want to let it get so far beyond beyond rock bottom that we do not make an outreach. And that's why it is important to, at, at the right, appropriate time, use discernment, use wisdom, and get the person to seek help for themselves.
0: All righty. And so um, what if—oh, um, yeah, so now— You know, we're speaking about the addict who is not really ready to take their journey, correct? And so then what is the word saying specifically?
1: If the person, I would say, if the person, um, what if we're talking, initially we're talking about the loved ones, the family, but now what if you are are the addict? And I would say that with uh, becoming in the new year, we all want to make changes and things like that. And I just thought it was so—it's so, so appropriate—to see what the Word of God has to say and who God is for you. And even this scripture is for me. And as I said here before you, uh, I struggle with uh, overeating, with food addiction. And this scripture is Second Peter two and nineteen. It's the NIV. They promised them freedom while they themselves are slaves of of depravity, for people are slaves to whatever has mastered them, and so you're sharing as a master, uh, as a pastor, a teacher, a leader, a radio personality. You're in a community, and there's something that you need to work on. Yes, when we talk about addiction, we often see drugs and alcohol, but what about food? What about shopping? Yeah, what about pornography? All of those things. You've promised them peace, but you are a slave to anything that has mastered you mm. and so i want to, i want to, I want to talk to leaders today and and give you an encouragement give us an encouragement to get help for the things that are hurting in our heart and in our spirit, and that God has a healing uh for us all and then in Ephesians five and eighteen through twenty, do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks Always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ 1st Corinthians 10 and 13. I'm just reading the word on today. Okay. I'm offering encouragement for you uh, if you are the addict no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Wow, that's powerful. But within temptation, he will always provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God will make a way of escape for you and the things that you're going through. Corinthians 6 and 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So some things you can do, and we're not having a conversation, and we're talking about 100% abstinence from alcohol or drinking. Some things you can do, but it's some things just are not appropriate. Um, Corinthians 15 and 33 and I I put, beside this one, I put peer pressure, because we talk about peer pressures for students and things of that nature, but really, as an adult too, be not deceived, evil companionships corrupt good morals. Being around different people, um, a lot of people get into situations, difficult places, when they've had some type of accident or some type of surgery, they start taking certain pills and medications. And, um, and someone said, Hey man, take this. Well, don't be deceived. Evil companionship, good moral, James 5:15 and 16. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person. Well, the Lord will raise them up. If they have sin, they will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective I am going to tell you that I am, I I go to a support system called Celebrate Recovery. And they're not a support, they don't sponsor this program on today or anything like that. But you know what it says, um, the principal says, realize that I am not God, that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing. My life is unmanageable. And I would say that is the first step. What if you are the addict? You do the first thing, it is meant that you cannot do it on your own. It says, If we have sinned, that God will forgive us, confess it to your sin to the Lord so that you will be forgiven and so that you can be healed.
0: Awesome. You have, do you have one more or no?
1: Romans 5 3 through 5. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And the produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. And after you made that confession, you made that one step and said that you have committed and made a change to Christ, you will not be put to shame. You'll have a testimony to share.
0: All right. here. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And as we close out here, um, our good news, we're going to close out with a, a serenity prayer, a bit of a longer version. It says here, God, give us the grace to accept with serenity things that cannot be changed. Courage to change the things which should be changed and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace taking as jesus did the sinful world as it is not as i would have it trusting that you will make all things right if i surrender to your will so that i may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you
1: forever in the next amen amen i am donica this is essence thank you for joining today thank you for joining us on this week's broadcast my prayer is that you continue to grow find peace forgiveness
0: knowledge and information to learn more or connect with us visit our website at the psdiamondcelebration.com until next time